0: everybody, and welcome to another episode of, I was about to say The Cool Kids Table, but this is definitely Floopy the Pig. I'm Brad Garoon, I'm with Justin Houston, also Kevin Ford. We're here to talk about Adventure Time. We're going to talk about two episodes this week. We're going to talk about uh, Water Park Prank, the guest episode, but first we're going to talk about Hoots. Justin, take us there.
1: Hoots! Okay, so this is our first real Cosmic Owl-centric episode. Uh, We see him coming home from work or something, but he works from home, so that's unusual. He was just out. He was out about doing his owl stuff, and uh, so he gets home, and he's got this, you know, just looks like a regular house um, in, you know, space, and it's all like, uh, it's hard to describe, so I won't. But it's just a house. Except there's this big board and there's all these little colorful blobs on it. Um, and so he gets home and he's kind of trying to figure out what he wants to do. And he has a bunch of board games. We know he likes board games from past appearances. Um, so uh, then there's like this little noise and a coin falls out of like a bank or something. I don't know. A coin falls out of a thing. So that's how he knows. And, and the board, his board starts like glowing. And so he knows that his presence is required for something. And so he picks up the coin, and he goes and looks at the board, and he sees, oh, it's Finn again. Uh, Which, I guess, so I guess Finn gets a lot of these. And Finn's dream um, is he's taking a picture with uh, his dad and uh, uh, Sweet Pea. And uh, Jake is, his face is upside down. And it's, it's his fake face on top, and his real face is on bottom. And it's all flippity-flip. And he uh, says, say, cheese. And when, and Al kind of looks at this strangely. And, and then it turns out that the Sweet Peas face the other way, and they all go running off. And he's on a treadmill can't go anywhere. He's bummed out. And Cosmic Owl is sort of watching this unfold. And then uh, this lady comes in. And this lady's kind of got like frog horn, leg horn, chicken legs. Uh, and on top, kind of like a, I don't know, like a crow or something. And she has butt feathers, which really excites, uh, Cosmic cow She has these big, uh, luxurious, uh, butt feathers. Like black and white, kind of like, uh, Pokemon fans, uh, uh Pokemon called, like, Ninetales, I think is what they were called. Uh, except they had nine tails. this one had, like, four. Uh, so anyway, butt feathers. Uh, so butt feathers here is, uh cutting down a disco ball just kind of doing random stuff and the cosmic owl is just smitten right away and Ben notices him there and he's like oh is this cosmic and starts asking all these questions like is this literal or is this is it figure like what what does all this mean exactly and he's like well I can't really uh, tell you and then unfortunately uh, butt feathers wanders away and he's really upset and so he just says, Hoot, and he leaves without giving any answer. And so we next see him hanging out with Prismo. And um, he's making a drawing of her. And so finally Prismo gets out of him that he's in love with someone he's met in a dream, which Prismo immediately knows is not okay. Uh, but then he kind of he's like, Ah, you're not gonna be able to find her again anyway. So what am I worried about? Um, and so but he's still obsessing over this, so he goes home, and he's searching through dreams. and shows a lot of people's dreams. I'll tell you right now, none of them were like, oh my gosh, look what they're dreaming about kind of thing. They were just sort of regular dreams. Um, so he's just going through a bunch of them looking for her, and so he finally uh, finds her. And it's a bunch of sort of like like pinkish people. They're like good peanuts characters. Uh, and they're all dressed in like a fancy party in tuxedos. Um, and so he goes and uh, he gets like a he wants a, like a cocktail weenie, but it's like shrimp. And he's like, oh so he takes the shrimp, and then uh, he meets her. He's like, hey, like hey, is that a cocktail weenie? Like, no, that's shrimp. I'm like, oh, can I have it? Uh, so they kind of have like a meet cute thing, and uh, they just talk, and um, she uh, she seems like nice, and except that she starts uh, fading away. So, but he's, he's going to get her, like, cosmic, like, dream signature, so we know this is her dream, and so he'll be able to find her when she dreams the next night. So, the next night, I feel like I'm skipping something, but, well, we'll cover it if I am. Uh, so the next night, he's waiting, uh, kind of impatiently, and, uh, I should also mention that at, at one point when he's looking th- over the dreams, trying to find her, um, trying to find this dream again. Uh, coins, the coins that, that sort of, uh, you know, require his presence, he's not really paying attention to them at this point. He puts a pillow down so it'll stop dinging on the floor and just landing in a pile on the pillow. Uh, so he, he's pretty much neglecting his job to meet this person. So uh, the next night he cuts off Prismo, who's talking to on his TV, and uh, to, to go see her again. And she's just like on a big block of ice. And she's like, ah, I can't dream of anything else. I wish I could dream of something else. And he's like, well, we could go do something else. And he pulls her from her dream into his domain in space, in his house, which is weird. Uh, so he's like, sorry, it's a little cluttered. No, no, it's nice. And says, do you want to play a board game? And she's much more interested in the big dream board. That's where things take kind of a turn. Is that she seems to have like a direct obsession with some of these dreams, seeing into people's dreams, um, and then she mentions casually that I met Princess Bubblegum has some sort of safeguards on her dreams, and Alice says, "No, no, not really. We can go right in," and uh, Buttfeather says, "Yeah, yeah, let's do that." Um, so they go into the dream, and the dream is pretty simple. It's there's there's candy people and. Uh, princess uh, plants something or, like, like pours a liquid or something and the entire candy kingdom births up. And they're all cheering. None of them have eyes. I don't know whether this was a intentional or whether this was um, uh, an animation mistake, but none of them have any eyes. And they're all cheering. And so... But then things start getting dark afterwards and they start getting angry and it seems to be emanating from butt feathers. So... Uh, they end up like throwing things, and she's like, "How could you? After all I've done for you!" Uh, and then this sort of like evil black stuff comes from mud feathers and infects all the candy people, and they turn into this like yellow urine stuff. It does not look good. And then it knocks. Then she knocks over PB, uh, and then she like drowns in it. And then she wakes up as they like flee out of the dream. And so he's freaking out that she's made these changes in the, in the dream that he not that she's made changes, but changes that he was in, as if his presence I means this is somehow going to come true uh, and make it, you know, prophetic. Again, there's a lot of questions, very few answers in this episode. So uh, essentially, um, they he realizes that they can't work out at this point. There's nothing, you know, it's, it's just it's over between them. And she says, "No, we can make it work. We can run away together." and and he just says, "No, it's time for you to wake up." And says this little hoot, and wakes up. And it's Gunter in a little bed. The whole time, Buttfeathers has been Gunter. Uh, wh- you know, explains the the tuxedos and of course the the ice, you know, icy dreams. And um, and is just kind of upset from the dream. And uh, Ice King gives her a bottle, which she like looks angry, like jumps up and goes and looks and goes to throw it out the window and and just sort of looks off in the cosmos and kind of looks sad and then just drops the bottle uh, off the ledge. So a wild ending to what was a pretty uh, confusing episode. Kevin, what did you think?
2: As a rule, I tend to like dream episodes just because they are a little out there and a little confusing. And so this is no exception. I like this too. I liked seeing Prismo again I like getting to see a little bit more of the Cosmic Owl. Uh, I did think it was interesting that in the crowd of candy people in PB's dream was Cinnamon Bun, when Cinnamon Bun has been at the Fire Kingdom for a little bit now. Not that that means anything, but I just thought that was a nice, interesting little little tidbit there. Uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a fun episode. I don't know if we necessarily got any deeper into the, into the, the mythos of Adventure Time, but it was good for what it was.
0: I thought it was great. Um, I think it's pretty clear that this is leading to whatever the finale will be. Um, I like that Gunther This is the second time Gunther has attacked PB and the Candy Kingdom. The first time was in Reign of Gunter's. Um, and it makes perfect sense because Ice King loves the princess and Gunther loves Ice King. So much that she's breaking... His leg every night, and now invading dreams with the cosmic owl to make bad stuff happen. Um, I, I really, I was like really taken with this episode. I thought it was wonderful, and uh, I'm excited to to see more, especially not just of what happens to Bubblegum, but also what go, what's going on with Finn's um, prophetic dream because he had Martin and Sweet Sweetie. And Jake talking backwards, and if you reverse what Jake said, he's saying goodbye to Finn. So, what's that all about? Gonna have to wait to find out. I'm stoked.
1: Yeah, we didn't really bring that up in the last episode, but supposedly <clears throat> a line from uh, Cuber made reference to Jake's Jake being death. dead. And,
0: you but know, it's a thousand years in the future. Is it? Yes, Are I think it is. It? You said that last year, and I told you I don't agree. I, mean, I, know.
1: I know you said that, but it's, uh, I just, it, that continues. Um, I think there's a lot of great callbacks in this episode. Um, I, you know, it all goes back to Hudson Abadir looking at you know, Gunther and saying you are by far the most evil creature, uh, in this kingdom. So whatever, whatever it was that allowed Gunther to possess and mess up this dream there's gotta be some evil mojo there. Um, so that's uh, – I thought that was interesting. I mean that's – I think that's obviously got to be a correlation uh, between those two things. Um, two things I missed. Uh, one was that the fact that uh, Finn woke up from his dream, and, cle- and what was happening was Emo um, and Jake were using Shelby to fish uh, – uh, what's his name? So Jake's class ring out of Finn's stomach while he was sleeping made him go back to sleep uh, have another cosmic dream chase the cosmic dream and while they were trying to use Shelby to fish the the ring out as as kind of an aside and the other little bit was that um, Prismo was uh, doing uh, learning how to play the banjo which seems innocuous but again if it's a thousand years in the future or whenever in the last episode when we briefly were outside uh, what was Marceline's house, we didn't hear a guitar or anything else. We heard a banjo uh. that was playing. Uh, so the fact that that's back-to-back episodes uh, that just happens to be a banjo, maybe there's a banjo enthusiast working it in, or maybe they're related, and maybe that's just the person that was, you know, uh, maybe that's who's teaching them how to play banjo. Who knows? Uh, I, I, I would venture that those are related, being back-to-back like that. Um, and uh, yeah, just I, I thought it, it. Other than that, though, it felt like a lot of questions about why does it work this way? Um, you know, does does the only does the cosmic owl only work? You know, within the people of Oo, um, uh, rather than just you know across galaxies and all that kind of stuff. Um, like why is that? And what exactly his role is what the, what the point of the coins is It was a very like it, it felt uh, like Damon Lindelof presents
0: mm-hmm. Adventure. Mm-hmm. Totally. You know what it reminded me a lot of. It reminded me of the first episode of Lost that showed Ben's Becks like that was Ben centric.
1: Yeah I get that. I really do where you you what you find is you don't get a whole lot of answers, but you get a whole lot of motivation. And I, that was the, that's what really drove this is that oh, what made it memorable to me is that you really, um, uh, the voice acting and the performance of Cosmic Owl was so good uh, and so that you were sort of consumed by the same way that he was, that you wanted to see where he could take it and how he could, and when he pulled her out of a dream, I thought, okay, well, there's no way they're going to you know, make that make sense, so just, just give up on that side of things. Yeah,
0: you just got to go with it, but you know what <laughs> else? <clears throat> well, Cosmic Owl Al might always live within a dream, Right? Like, his existence might be within a dream. Right. Um, there's,
1: there's always... And an, 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 there is an answer to it, but we certainly didn't get them in this episode.
0: Right. The, the other question that came up that I would like to know the answer to is, Prismo said to Cosmic Owl, you know, they didn't make you the Cosmic Owl in charge of dreams to find ladies, and I want to know who they is.
1: That's the thing, is that there's a bigger... You know, there's a bigger construct to it. You know, there's... that. That's building a hierarchy... Uh, you know, it wasn't pretty, you know, pretty small have easily said, I didn't make you any number of things. But they said, hey, they didn't make you. Uh, so, somebody's going back and watching the X-Files, uh, that they, they can mean lots of things.
0: <laughs> right, so there's that, and since Gunther, Lady Gunther, you know, tall Lady Gunther, when she melted the Candy Kingdom, she kind of looked like the lich. You know, the shadow kind of looked like the lich, so there's I think there's a connection between Sweet Pea being in Finn's dream, that, cl- that black cloud being in um, Princess Bubblegum's dream, and uh, the fact that these are both prophetic dreams that are now going to have to come true in one way or another. So, stoked. Can't wait. Let's get more. So, did any, did, any, did you guys have anything else to say about this episode, or shall we move on to Water Park practice? No, I
1: have one more thing to bring up. Okay. So- um- uh, In one of the dreams, it showed Lemon Hope, and Lemon Hope was still having the dream where he's in chains, mm-hmm. which I thought was the whole point of him going back was that he got some sort of catharsis and the dreams would stop. So, either that episode takes place at a very different time, wouldn't really make a whole lot of sense, um, or maybe he hasn't gotten over.
2: It
0: could be. As I said, Cinnamon Bun was still a part of the
2: Candy Kingdom, apparently.
0: No, I think I think Lemon Hope I think Princess Bubblegum dreams about Cinnamon Bun and wants him to be back in the Candy Kingdom, and I think that um, Lemon Hope is just not quite over his stuff. And you know, he's got a thousand years to figure it out, so so we'll give uh, him some time. Sure. Why why doesn't Prismo's girlfriend want to hold hands until they're in love
2: with each other? What's I that think,
0: about? I think that Prismo's girlfriend might be Marceline.
2: Oh man, that'd be so great.
0: Yeah. That would make
2: the banjo thing right,
0: too. Right. I didn't think that until you mentioned the banjo thing. Uh-huh. But now I think it's I think it's more sleep. Um all right, Kev, talk to us about um Water Park Break. Sure thing. So this
2: is another guest animated episode. I believe it's done by uh oh gosh, I just had his name here. Um well it's the second guest animated episode of this season behind a food chain, and it looks like David Ferguson is the gentleman who who is the writer and storyboarder for this one. Um, So Finn and Jake are walking to this water park. It's a post-apocalyptic water park from what I read in the description. And uh, Finn's kind of bragging because he has his swim trunks on already, but he forgot his dry clothes for the post-water park. Most importantly, his underpants, so he has to head back home, and Jake continues on without him. And he says that he'll come back and a shortcut through Toadstool Fields. So Finn's singing about having his underpants back, and he's bouncing on these mushrooms, and he falls off, hits the ground where PB is. And she's also walking to the water park because she teaches swimming lessons. So as they're walking, they hear somebody crying, and it turns out to be Princess Orangutan. I believe this is her first appearance. And she's all sad because she stuck her legs in this puddle she found to cool down. When she pulled her legs out, they were covered in these things called Daddy Sad Heads which are like these giant, bulb, tear things that hang off of you, and inside is the shape of like a human head that looks kind of like a dad that's crying and very upset. And the daddy sad heads have this tear toxin inside of them that makes the host of them sad. And this is what PB's explaining to Finn, who basically only half listened. So as he pulls out his sword and goes to attack, he ends up getting in the puddle himself and getting covered in some of these daddy sad heads. And PB says, all you need to do to get rid of them is to just shake them off of you. But both PB and Princess Orangutan are too sad to want to let them go. So PB tricks Finn into imagining that he is a court jester for the king of the daddy sad heads. And that he needs to shake and dance to make the king happy. And uh, the visualization works. Finn does a little dance. He loses them. He actually picks up Princess Orangutan pretending that she is a throne for the king daddy uh, sad head and shakes her free too. So as a reward and a means of thank you, Princess Orangutan gives Finn a magic coin which he says he plans to use for the lockers at the water park. And then she also flies him to the water park where Jake is impatiently waiting for him but is uh, happy to see him when he gets there. And PB is left behind by accident which he says Nope, don't worry about me. I can just keep on walking. So they get to the water park, Finn and Jake do, and again he wants to use his coin on the locker. But Jake already brought some coins, and they have a little bit of argument over which coins to use. And Finn drops the magic coin into this drain where it turns into multiple coins. And then uh, they go and take a shower where they see all this ginger hair, all this red hair, on a drain. And they make a joke saying, hey, that's your favorite snack to one another. And they're rightly grossed out. And so they are in the park, and they're about to go on a water slide. And they see the Ice King and Gunter behind them. And Ice King makes some comment about terrorizing the place. And so they decide they're going to play a prank. And Jake goes and collects some pamphlets and this boogie board, and he makes a fake Jake to sit in the stands to make it look like he's reading some pamphlets. Uh, Jake goes down the water slide, he lets Finn pass through, and then Jake expands himself into the water slide. So when the Ice King tries to go down, he automatically bounces back up. And Ice King gets yelled at by the lifeguard saying, hey, don't climb back up the water slide. But Ice King keeps trying to explain that there's something stuck down there making him go. And to further the prank, uh, Finn comes up to want to go down again, and he goes through, and of course Jake lets him go through. And they point out the decoy Jake in the stand saying, it can't possibly be him doing this to the Ice King. So the Ice King goes down once again and gets bounced back up. And uh, he gets really upset at Finn and grabs him by the arm and angrily tells him to explain what's going on. And the lifeguard ends up kicking out the Ice King for attacking another patron. The Ice King tries to use his ice powers on the lifeguard, but his fingers are too pruney from all the activity, so he can't. And uh, Finn and Jake then go back to the locker room, and they're getting ready to go home. And we see multiple lifeguards are ejecting Ice King, saying he is banned for life from the water park, and they're going to take his picture and put it on the wall. And out of anger, Ice King throws some of that ginger orangutan hair from the drain onto Finn as he leaves. And so Finn, Jake, and PB are heading home when Finn decides he's going to use a puddle to clean the orangutan hair off of himself. But of course, that puddle was the same one as before, and he is once again covered in daddy sad heads. And that's where the episode ends. Although the credits roll, and we actually get to see some of the people who are also banned for life from the water park, and that includes... Uh, in addition to the Ice King, Ricardio, the Magic Man, Lumpy Space Princess, Lemongrab, Tiffany, the Squirrel, and Donnie. Um I thought it was really weird that the magic coin that Finn got pretty much led to nothing. Because I thought they dropped it down the drain, it turned to multiple coins, then they referenced the drain again with all the orangutan hair, and it just didn't really ever come up again in the episode. So I thought that was strange. Uh, but otherwise, it was a, a fun one-off. I actually like the animation uh, quite a bit in this episode, especially the way that Ice King looked. Um, a little weird, but, you know, just a fun kind of one-time episode. Uh, what did you think of it, Justin?
1: Yeah, I liked it quite a bit, uh, mostly once they got to the water park. That was really when I felt like um, it, it kind of kicked in the gear. And I liked the, the way the appendages were drawn and how they weren't always – Completely attached to the body, uh, you see one all the way across on the other side of the screen, or in a manner that that would be basically impossible. Um, I, I I really liked the visuals. I liked the I liked the general premise of the episode, the gag of pranking the Ice King, and I liked that Ice King kind of got his like his dirty revenge at the end. Um, I uh, yeah, in general, it was just it was a really light episode, and really the highlight for me. And for, I guess, and it's extra, this one was really good just because I watched it with uh, my daughter. So uh, go beginning to go through the ending um, and sort of seeing each person uh, who else is banned and hypothesizing why each person would be banned uh, was a lot of fun. And then Ice King's face in his little photo, too, we laughed for a really long time when we paused it and just saw how angry he was uh like it's just it was a face explosion at the end uh of of like anger and, and like crying and it was just he was very sad um so that kind of made it extra special for me so it's a throwaway episode for sure but the water park stuff really I think worked best
2: yeah it's a throwaway but it's it's still fun you are her set sad, daddy sad head
1: uh i think so yeah no i think we both uh, there was a moment where they introduced it and we both slowly looked at each other like, what are those? So that was perplexing.
2: Brad, what did you think of this episode?
0: Um, what I've started to like to do is watch the other the other work by the guest animators who do these episodes. And I think the daddy Sadheads heads are, are featured heavily in this guy's other cartoons. <clears throat> um, I thought this was fine. You know what this made me think of is, Kevin, you're always talking about how the comic books would be a great place for them to do um, you know stories they can't do in the show and this felt to me like a story they would do in a comic book because it has nothing to do with anything it introduced a random new princess that we'll never th- we've never seen before and I doubt we'll ever see again and the daddy said had things had things something that like, we, would, we definitely never would have seen in the regular show um, I didn't find it all that engaging but, uh, but I like that it exists so, wait, what are the other guest animated episodes? Food Chain, Glitch is a Glitch, and there's another one, right? I can't think of it. I think that's it. I'm pretty sure it's just the three of them. We, we did a whole episode about these.
2: Well, there was the pilot. Was that done by somebody different?
0: No, that was done by Pen Ward, but we added the pilot to it, and we did that Wand, that Magic Wand episode, which was definitely in the regular kind of. Um, um, with sort uh, animation style, style yeah. Um, I don't yeah, know. I think, I think it's just glitches, a Glitch, Food Chain,
2: and uh, this one, park Prank. Justin, is that it? That's
1: all that comes to mind. Whenever I think of, like, outside of normal Adventure Time, I think of those, well, originally those two, now those three, and then I think of the Graham Falk episodes that right. always kind of seem a little bit different, but they're not. So I, I, I can't recall any other ones that it, it were... Off the top of my head, they were animated differently. It's, it's a show that's conducive to it, so it seems like there's been more, um, more than that. But I, I can't think of any if there were.
0: Um, yeah, that might be it. There's another. I know there's another one coming next year, which I believe is a claymation. Will be a claymation episode by an artist, uh, female artist whose name I forget. But I watched a couple of her short films, and they're incredible. So I'm really looking forward to that. Wonderful. Um, Kevin, where were the snail in these episodes? Oh, yes, the snails. Actually,
2: this episode, uh, Water Park Prank, unlike Food Chain, has a snail in it. And it's sitting by the bench Jake is sitting on when he's waiting for Finn to come to the water park. And then in Hoots, when we see Prismo and the Cosmic Owl in the hot tub, in the background, there's a scene of a beach with a dolphin jumping out and a mound of, uh, like, a little island there with sand and a, and a palm tree. And the snail is sitting on that little island.
0: So that's where the snails were this week. Great. Um, guest voices M. Emmett Walsh reprised his role as the Cosmic Owl. Uh, Kay Lenz was the voice of Dream Gunter. I don't actually know who she is, but I believe she was a child actress. Um, that's according to this little blurb on Wikipedia. <coughs> and uh, this guy from comedy Bang Bang was the voice of the Whistle Lifeguard in um, uh, uh, water park Prank, but I can't remember his name now, and I didn't write it down. So that's all we get. <laughs> Um, And I guess it's time to talk about comics. Justin, I know you didn't read. Kevin, did you read Seeing Red? Yes, I did. Okay, I did too. Uh, So we'll have something to talk about when this is over for a minute. Seeing Red is a Marceline-centric comic, uh, graphic novel, excuse me. It's it's in in black and white, and, and it's in the same series as Pixel Princesses and I believe Playing with Fire was what it was called. Um, and in it Marceline and Jake go into the nightosphere because Marceline has to go to a, um, family reunion that has a talent show. Um, she doesn't want to go alone, so she invites Jake and Finn, but Finn is busy with bubblegum. Um, I forget what they're doing. Uh, so Jake goes with Marceline, uh, and they get there, and they discover, oh, and she definitely has to go because she forgot her, her axe there, her base. So they get there, um and Marceline discovers that her bass is gone. Her dad lost it, so or so he says. But as it turns out, um, he sold it to this uh, vendor, and she gets to the vendor, and the vendor says that he lost the, ba- the bass in an arm wrestling contest with a witch. So they go to the witch, and the witch says that she gave it to her boyfriend, who plays in a band. And then they go to the boyfriend, and he is terrible. They find him playing the bass, and he's awful. He can't play. So he's And he's obsessed with Marceline because of her work with the Scream Queens. So at least the comic book universe is all self-contained. And um, and he immediately gives the bass back. And Marceline says that every once in a while she's willing to give this guy uh, lessons in how to play as long as he stops acting like such a dweeb fanboy. Um, uh, Marceline goes back to the Abadir residence. She plays her bass surprising her dad because she wanted him to think that um, she wanted him to be shocked that she found it. But it turns out he sold it so he could buy her a new base. A um, better base. Uh, but Mars says she doesn't want the new base because the old base is uh, made from the axe that her dad used to conquer the Nidosphere and that's why she loves it. Um, very complicated relationship with her father which I thought was kind of neat. Um, and then she and Jake go back to uh, the cave in Ooh and um, discover a note from what I believe was supposed to be Finn and Princess Bubblegum saying, come and hang out with us, but it's signed by Flame Princess and Princess Bubblegum. So that was a little weird. But anyway, this was actually okay. Um, there was a weird subplot where the where the um, bellboy at the hotel in the nightosphere was obsessed with Jake and in love with him, and it was a little uncomfortable, and there was a scene where like you get the feeling that Jake may have been assaulted sexually by the bellboy at night but um, it's left ambiguous. Uh, Kevin, what did you think about it?
2: Uh, yeah, I, I thought this was good. It's funny that you said that you thought Waterpark Prank was an episode that could have been a comic because I felt vice versa for this. Uh, it, was a, it was a very easy read. I was able to get through it quickly, which is good because sometimes the comics can feel really lengthy and just kind of all over the place. But this is very straightforward, a very good story, uh, a nice kind of sweet twist at the end with her father, you know, selling it to get her a better thing. Uh, but also one of the reasons I felt it could have been an actual episode was because they had, uh, you know, a couple different songs in there. Especially one with uh, with Marlene and her father singing at the same time. And that's something I'd, I'd love to hear in the actual show. Hopefully one day. Um, but, yeah, again, it's just one of those things that this felt like it would have been a good Marceline dad one-off episode. And it was just done here for whatever reason, but no
0: problems because it was, uh, I don't, you know, it was a, it was a good read. I had fun reading it. I mm-hmm. only, I only had one issue, and it was that um, Hudson was like a little too nice. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but I loved when she walked into her bedroom and saw how messy it was, and her line was, "What the fries?" Yes, <laughs> she that. even brought up
2: her dad taking her fries in the song
0: again. Yeah, it, so it actually, as far as the comics go, these books, these, um this series of graphic novels, they're they're better in quality than most of the comics. I
2: agree. I also did like they told the backstory of where the, her base came from and how he used it to clear the nightosphere out when it was apparently full of way more dangerous monsters.
0: Yeah, I liked also that those monsters were called Globs, and it makes me wonder if they were like evil deities, and is Glob like a bad deity, and Gob is a Grodd or whatever, and those are good deities, and they're all part of the same, like maybe, like, Hindu kind of different faces of the same god kind of thing. Could be. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, So that's about it. We're going to be gone next week because the show is gone next week, but then we're going to come back the following week and do a four-episode floop, a classic four-episode floop, because Adventure Time is doing another um, week where they play four episodes in one week. So that's dope. Woo! Yeah. Um, Justin, take us to Plugland.
1: Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Justin J Houston, and uh, I do another podcast uh, with Kevin. It's called Viva Chikara. We just did one; and it was very good. Let's talk about Chikara Pro. They're a wrestling promotion. Wrestling is a combative sport between uh, men and
0: women. It's not. It's not a sport.
1: It go down. Just, just it is a sport. It, it is. It listen. If you can do it, and they'll count it. As a gym credit... They won't. ...at your local college... They,
0: they will! Professional wrestling.
1: ...with the proper paperwork. Anyway... No. The point I'm trying to make is that it's definitely a sport. Is it? And I do
2: a podcast about a company called Jakara Pro, and they do wrestling, wrestling sport. Kevin, what do you do? You follow me on Twitter at k Uh Yes, we did Aviva Chikara. You can listen to that, I suppose, because it's kind of outdated by this point, but... For future episodes, you know where to find it, the same place you found this podcast. If you're already subscribing, leave reviews and stars and things of that nature, and also tell your friends about it. If they like Adventure Time, if they like professional wrestling of the independent variety,
0: send them our way. We'll keep them entertained. What about you, Brad? Uh, I wrote a book called Burger City. You can find it on Amazon. Just search Burger City. It'll come right up, and I write a blog called Burger Weekly. It's all about hamburgers. You can find that at burgerweekly.com. That's it. See you in two weeks. Thanks for flipping the pig. I won't see you. We'll just, you'll hear us talk. We won't really interact with you at all. I floop the pig.